Hello and welcome to another episode of Strange Pathways. I am your host, Scott Mort. Little something about me you may not know. I love comic books. Uh, of course, Transformers, the, the Marvel run, the IDW run of Transformers. Uh, the first IDW run of Transformers I absolutely adore. Marvel, DC... Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing is one of my favorite comic book characters, especially Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. There's, there's just something beautiful about you know this superhero who's a plant that thinks he's a man. Now, one thing, if you like Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, the, the one character that kind of goes hand in hand with that is John Constantine. Constantine, first played by Keanu Reeves, uh, and apparently Keanu Reeves is getting a second a second hit at the role. But for me, you can get no one else better than Matt Ryan to play Constantine. He played him in the TV show, Several several cartoons. I, I recently heard Matt Ryan's voice as Constantine on the Harley Quinn cartoon. He was he was amazing. Like I said, in his own series, he was amazing on Arrow. He was absolutely amazing on Legends of Tomorrow. And the only person, I believe the only person that you could get to play Constantine better than Matt Ryan is Constantine. And it may be entirely possible to get that. The hard-drinking, hard-smoking, hard-living John Constantine, paranormal detective, wizard, sorcerer extraordinaire, was created, or maybe discovered, by Alan Moore. Now, Alan Moore may be the best comic book writer to have ever drawn a breath. Uh, he wrote The Killing Joke, the, the amazing Batman series. Uh, he wrote From Hell, which was turned into a movie with Johnny Depp. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which the, the comic book is so much better, better than that movie. And he wrote Swamp Thing. Alan Moore... In 1993, was talking to Wizard Magazine. And he relates this story that, that one day he was in Westminster in London, sitting at a sandwich bar. Up the stairs to the sandwich bar walks John Constantine. Now, Constantine was based off of the musician Sting, but Alan Moore said he doesn't look exactly like Sting. He's wearing a trench coat. He's got the shortcut. He doesn't look like Sting. He looks exactly like John Constantine. Constantine looks at Alan Moore directly in his eyes, smiles, nods, 
and then just walks off around the corner. Alan Moore is honestly stunned. He just sits there and he's thinking to himself, should I go around the corner and see if he's really there? Or should I eat my sandwich? Walk away. Alan Moore decides this is enough weirdness for the day and just finishes his sandwich. He just, he comes to a quick conclusion that that's the safest option. But in 2001, he, he's at another place. Doesn't say exactly why. Doesn't exactly say where. But he says, John Constantine steps out of the dark. And this time, Constantine actually speaks to him. I'm going to clean up the language here. John Constantine tells Alan Moore, I'll tell you the ultimate secret of magic. Any could do it. If you're curious as to what he said, I'm sure you can look up the quote. It's right there on the Wikipedia article. Now, if it was just Alan Moore, if it was just Alan Moore, that's fine. Little eccentric, maybe see somebody, somebody's having a goof. Yeah, but other, other writers and artists who have taken a crack at Constantine... They've met him in real life as well. When Jamie Delano was writing Constantine in the comics, he walked past John Constantine outside a British museum in Bloomsbury. He, he didn't even realize that he'd walked past Constantine. He'd gotten about 50 yards down the road. And it hits him. I, I think I've just walked past John Constantine. And he had heard the Alan Moore story. He, he turns around and he sees Constantine just vanish around the corner. It's, and he said it was very real. It was, he actually uses the term immediate. It was immediate for him. Writer Peter Milligan saw Constantine at a party around 2009. Milligan rushes after him. Constantine disappeared. Writer Brian Azzarello once saw Constantine in a Chicago bar. But instead of like observing him, running after him, Azzarello avoided him. Azzarello said the last thing you want to be is John Constantine's friend. So this leaves us with three options. Is there a real John Constantine? 
I find it hard to believe, but not out of the realm of possibility, that there is a John Constantine. Is is this a tulpa? Is, is there is there so much energy and realism and thought put into the character of John Constantine that these writers are manifesting him? I mean, once again, once again, maybe. Maybe. Believe it or not, it wouldn't be the first time this has happened. Witnesses will report seeing a tall, dark figure in a long trench coat and a black cap with a red scarf wrapped around its face. They keep seeing this in and around the home of Walter B. Gibson. Walter B. Gibson wrote The Shadow. For those that don't know, one one of the first modern superheroes, The Shadow, uh, expertly portrayed by Orson Welles. The Shadow was a radio superhero who had the power to become invisible. But whenever those who did see him would see him, tall, trench-coated, long-brimmed hat. No one has ever lived there that fit that description, but Walter B. Gibson's creation is seen in and around that house on a fairly regular basis. Or let's go for the third option. Maybe all these people are wrong. And that's fine too. At that point, it becomes an interesting experiment in human psychology. It's, it, is, it is possible. There has been this rumor... Uh, that Liverpool occult writer Tom Sleeman served as the model for Constantine. Sleeman's denied this. But if you take a look at the way John Constantine is supposed to look, and then you look at Tom Sleeman, it's apples and oranges. There is no comparison. I I don't know how how I feel about this. Would would I want to meet the John Constantine? I don't think I would. I love the stories. I love the comic books. But in the end I think Brian Azzarello is right. The last thing you'd want to be is his friend. I recently got an email from one of my listeners uh, telling me a story about 
something that his family called the Ozark Howler. I I really wanted to talk to the gentleman or or lady as it may be, and 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 really get in depth with this. I don't want to use their story. I don't want to I don't want to use their name without their permission. So I am waiting to hear back from them. And I'm going to be very very cautious about this too because there is an individual out there feeding for whatever reason. They're feeding a lot of false information about the Ozark Howler. And this has been verified. Uh Lauren Coleman of Phantoms and Monsters has verified that there's someone out there using multiple accounts feeding for whatever reason be it be it a prank or trying to drum up trying to drum up say say tourism or maybe just trying to obscure the facts but they're feeding out disinformation so what is the Ozark howler now this is this this is an old old cryptid it, tales tales from the 1800s seem to describe the Ozark howler Daniel Boone himself claims to have seen a creature similar to the Ozark howler this this creature it's it's very chupacabra like in the sense that there are several different descriptions of it, but it seems to be a gigantic cat. Some people see it as just a cat, bigger than a cougar. Some of these, some of these people who see it, though, they they're describing something a lot more terrifying. This this glowing eyed lion esque horned animal. But the one thing that everybody seems to agree on is that it is dark in color, if not black. Now, it goes by many names, the same way as Bigfoot does. You know, Chupacabra, Goat Sucker, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Wild Man, Yeti, what have you. This, this also goes by the name the Black Howler, the Devil Cat. And between 2005 and 2010, it was seen... Several, several times. Now, it, could it be a cougar? It absolutely could. The, the problem with this is that wildlife officials in Arkansas do not admit to there being big cats living in those mountains. They say there is no breeding population. They say the same thing here in Pennsylvania, though. And as someone who has lived in the woods, I can tell you, yes, there are cougar in Pennsylvania. Absolutely. Ask anybody who spends any amount of time out in the woods, and they will tell you, almost everyone I know that spends time in the woods, and a few of them that don't have their own mountain lion story. Cougar, puma, mountain lion, all the same thing. Supposedly the howl of the Ozark Howler, which is, of course, very important. It's going to be in the name. It's described as deep, guttural, and then other people will describe it as a high-pitched howl. 
Some say that it sounds like the screams of a woman. Now, there are animals that this could be mistaken for. This is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play you some examples. Uh, imagine you're out in the woods and you hear this. Sounds creepy. That's that's a fox. That's a red fox in particular. Take a listen to these sounds. Those are raccoons. Those are fighting raccoons. Here's some others. That's a fisher cat. Fisher cats, for those that don't know, are these kind of very vicious. They're small. They they look like a weasel, a ferret. Imagine if you could a cross between a ferret and a wolverine, and that's that's kind of what you're going to see as a fisher cat. One more, one more of these odd sounds. To me, that was the most frightening one. All that was was an elk. You know, essentially a very large deer. Deer tend to make grunts like that as well. Whenever you're out in the woods, it gets real easy to associate normal wood sounds with the paranormal. Why is that? Uh, it's simply because it's simply because most people are not used to the sounds of the woods. Now, has there been photos? Uh, <laughs> December 15th, 2015. Wes Johnson of the Springfield Newsleader gets a tip. And this tip starts off with, I believe two things in this world to be true. That Jesus Christ is my savior and that the Ozark Howler is real and living in the Arkansas mountains. The quote continues, met some family in Devil's Den State Park this weekend for some camping. We were up near Yellow Rock Trail Head this morning and saw this thing chase a squirrel up a tree. And I have never seen anything like it. It had short black fur, a broad nose and horns like a young deer, but it moved like a cat and had a long tail. Don't know what else it could be but the howler. It was yelping and scratching at a tree. 
and I got this pretty good photo when it stopped and turned to look at me. Wish I had video or more photos, but it disappeared too fast. You can give me a call. I'm an electrician, so usually available to talk for a minute. You'll be able to see these photos on the Strange Pathways Facebook page. I, I like, I like to be able to give people the benefit of the doubt. I think anybody who's listened to more than a few episodes of this podcast will tell you, I tend to listen to people. I would listen to this person if they wanted to talk to me. But in my honest opinion, in my honest opinion, what I'm seeing, these three photos of the Ozark Howler, number one, I've seen better photos taken with 30-year-old digital cameras. These photos are incredibly pixelated. Number two, what I'm seeing is not, is not a big cat. Honestly, if I'd have to say what it, what it is, it looks like a German shepherd. It honestly looks like somebody took a German shepherd, shaved its tail, and put deer antlers on it. It's, it's bad. It's bad. I, now, am I saying that because I believe these photos to be fraud? Am I saying there is no Ozark Haller? Quite the contrary. Quite to the contrary. I am open to the existence of the Ozark Howler. But, I mean, these three photos, the Patterson-Gimlin film, they ain't. Every instinct in me whenever I look at these photos, and I bet a lot of you are going to say it too, everything is screaming fake. Our last tale is going to take us all the way back to the nights of July 8th and 9th, 1996, Romania. I'm probably going to butcher the name of the village, Sertesti. That's how we're going to say it. Sertesti, Geleti County, Romania. Now, there's this police platoon leader, Marion Mancu and a volunteer guard, Maricel Russo. They're making their rounds through the village, and at around 12.30 a.m., they start to get hungry. Mancou wants to stop at home and, and eat something, and his home's nearby. It's in a block, one floor. It's, it's on the other side of the paved road from the police station. The policeman's going to be gone for 10 minutes. He's just going to run across the street, grab something to eat, come back. Now, Maricel, who's Russian, he's, he's going to wait for him in the street. 
the platoon leader passes the corner of the block and then he hears a strange whine and feels air. He turns around and he sees this thing in the middle of the road. It's it's got blue reddish colored lights and and it's making this vroom, vroom, vroom sound. That's how he describes it. Vum vum v u m v u m. What I'm imagining, if you've ever heard like the Vrillion broadcast interruption, that's kind of what I'm imagining in my head. Now, at first, he's thinking it's the traffic light from the police car. He he gets closer and he sees that it's a craft. It's floating above the road. And next to him is is moving this little man. Now, the article that I took the notes from, I I would think myself that the little man would be next to the craft, but the article I took the notes from, it said, and I've got this underlined in my notes, it said the little man was next to him. The platoon leader, he shouts, Guard! Russo! He's hiding. He's afraid. He's hiding in the ditch on the side of the road. He's half buried himself under a footbridge. He thinks it's the devil. He's actually screaming Satan. He's he's afraid. He's absolutely terrified. Marisol Russo would later say as soon as the platoon leader headed towards his house, that noise from above appeared. Maricel had been leaning against the fence. He, he didn't see the appearance of the object well. And at, at first, he's thinking it's a defective neon light. But then he sees the object descend. He's, he finally gets truly scared because he wasn't scared at this point. He, he thought he, Oh, this is going to be a heck of a story, but he didn't get scared until he saw the object. Not really coming that close to the ground. And then whenever three humanoids appeared, that's whenever it becomes full-blown panic and Maricel hides himself in a ditch. In his own words, when I saw how they were, when I saw the state of their ugliness, I said to myself that these are not ours. Then I got scared and went down into the ditch to hide as if somehow that I have never seen something like this in my life. This object, both of them describe the same thing. It was a disc shape. It was about five to six meters wide, about two and a half meters tall. It was hovering about a half a meter above the road. It would sway slightly. It, the lights would flicker. And they said this continuous luminous belt around the craft, it was like a rainbow. It was white. Red, blue, green. And they would, 
they were they weren't rotating. They would pass into each other. It, it was a green that started red. Below the object, a strong white light. How the humanoids got in and out? Don't know. There there were no doors, no windows. The UFO takes off perpendicularly. It went up at once. The lights became much brighter, and then it took off at a very high speed. The entities, these little humanoid creatures. Now, Manku saw only one, but the Russian guard, he saw them better. They were about the size of a six-year-old child. One meter, maybe less. He said the, the creatures were swirling around the ship. Chattering. Babbling. He used the phrase like rain at a downpour. They, they were completely hairless. Now, in one statement, in one statement, Manku is going to describe them as hairy. But he means it as like a hairy situation. He, he wants to describe how scary, how ugly they are. They have this big head. It's elongated towards the back. And these little mushroom bumps on the crest. They had large, flappy ears, not pointed, about as big as a man's palm. The faces were white. The eyes large. For whatever reason, none of the witnesses can recall what their noses or mouths looked like. The body is covered in metallic gray scales. They might have been clothes. They might have been clothes. They concede that. But they said they were like fish scales. And they shone. They couldn't remember if they were wearing shoes. They did say that their abdomens were large and flabby and that they, the arms were thin. They said the arms were only about as wide as two fingers put together. But the hands. They said the hands were crazy, that they couldn't figure out. They weren't normal. Marcel Rousseau said he can't even figure out how they were walking because the way they moved, they moved like they were drunk. On the ground, this craft, the entities, they left no traces behind. But there is a cherry tree located near where the craft came down. On the side where the object landed and took off, that cherry tree withered. The leaves were dehydrated. Almost as if they've been microwaved. The next morning, leaves, branches, uh, the fruits were on the ground. There is a villager who says that he broke them off. 
Who knows? Who knows? The objects, the entities, they disappeared. Manku goes over to the guard in the ditch. He kept saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then he looks at the man and goes, Did you see Satan? Oh, God. Doesn't that just hurt your heart? Doesn't that just hurt you, your heart? Did you see Satan? He, and, and, and here's the thing. These aren't just cops. Marcel Rousseau, did you see Satan? He, he didn't suffer. He didn't suffer from mental illness. He, he apparently was quite intelligent. He was quite intelligent. He did have some difficulty reading. He has nightmares. Supposedly he has nightmares to this day. He dreams that he's standing in the trench. And whenever he wakes up, he wakes up frightened. He's, he's going to have to live with this for the rest of his life. And my heart absolutely goes out to him. Thank you for joining us here again on Strange Pathways. Twitter, Pathways Strange. TikTok, Strange Pathways Podcast. And Instagram is the same, Strange Pathways Podcast. I'm going to have a few short stories up on both the Instagram and the TikTok and YouTube. Uh, if you go over to YouTube, please comment, click like, hit subscribe, ding that notifications. If you want to come over to our Facebook, we're going to have photos about each case that we've heard here today. Just look for us over there. Strange pathways on Facebook. If you want to email me, please do so. Strange pathways, mail at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us once again this week. Take care of yourselves and each other. Mm-hmm.